1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Greetings, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. I hit them high, hit them high, hit them high. If you hit them low, hit them low, hit them low. Hit them
2: low.
3: Thank you for joining the Raspy Voice Kids If you like what you're hearing Please subscribe, rate, and review You do not understand how important that is for a podcast Super important We appreciate all of you I want to say TIA, I learned that today Jeremy, that means thank you in advance
2: I'm tired of all I'm, I'm, I'm being real, I'm tired of all these acronyms I can't do it There's like too it. many of them, like I have to sit here and Google certain things Maybe I'm old, maybe I'm not in with the in crowd Whatever you want to say but I have to
3: Google like half the acronyms people be putting these days. You just sound very old, Jeremy. That's all I got to say. You just sound very old. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Like, okay. But are you too old for pop culture? Pop, 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 pop. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you too old to storm Area 51 on September the 20th? Too old, too smart. <laughs> too smart being the best
2: one. I saw somebody say what are you gonna do stop us all uh yes yes Yes, they can and yes they will mow you all down at the exact same time (laughs) if they needed to with the press of a button not saying that that would happen i'm just
3: saying if they wanted to yes so let's back it up for those of you who don't know what we're talking about there are people who are tired of not knowing what's happening at Area 51. There are people who want to know once and for all, if aliens are there, do they exist? There are memes being made about what they're going to do, what people are going to do once they get their first alien. I saw the best one. My favorite little video was it said <laughs> me when I take my alien to get his first haircut. And this kid with his misshapen head, and he smacked him. <laughs> He, he smacked him uh-huh. on the back of his alien head. There are people who are getting all worked up and no, no, like I, all. I saw
2: I saw one that said going in like this, and it was like walking or running, leaving like this, and it was a picture
3: of E.T. in the basket and <laughs> <then> floating <laughs> over <Yeah>. the moon. <laughs> yeah, no, people are getting excited because they decided, based on a Facebook post, to band together thousands of people to storm Area 51. And to once and for all find out. It it's gotten so big that it was on the Today Show. On the Today Show, they made clear from the United States Air Force that this is a no trespassing zone. There are warnings that this will be not be taken lightly. Charges that will you will be, be mowed down, <laughs> and that lethal force lethal lethal force is authorized. Let me guarantee you, if what you think is an area, if what if what you believe to be is actually in Area Fifty One then you are not getting anywhere near it. And And if you you do get near it, you're not coming out.
2: You know what I feel like this is? What is it? This is the Maryland Maryland game all over again. (laughs) (laughs) West Virginia plays. We upset Maryland for the first time in years. Everybody's going to storm the field. We just feel it. We know it. And there was one lonely
4: person who actually actually hopped
2: the fence. His name, I won't say, may or may not be. I also hate Pitt. Yeah. And he almost went to jail over it because he stormed the field by himself. Yeah. And I looked back and there was no one else there. That's how some of y'all are going to no, feel. No, that's exactly how you guys are going to feel. Let's all do it. It's a good idea. Let's all join together. And then when you're out there by yourself. running oh, By
3: yourself. Running all hard. Just know. Run by yourself. Sneak by yourself. Get mowed down. By yourself. For real really really real <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it's the truth like i feel like there's some people who are going to show up and actually do this and politely go to jail i just i think that's your best case scenario quit resisting sir and like i've been watching cops quit the last resist- few days quit, 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 resisting. quit
3: resisting. i'm not the- no, show, show me you're a cop yeah till you get tased it's all that's good right, till you get tased to say is quit resisting sir stop resisting jeremy there's not gonna be somebody was like they can't stop us all and we already talked about this they can mow you down how many people were flying the airplane that dropped the, the nuclear bomb on Hiroshima? Two? Yeah, I believe there were only four. There may have only been two, but they by themselves wiped out a whole lot of people. So all I'm trying to say is, it don't take much to get rid of human life. That's, that's really extreme, but okay, Got, get, but get, get where you're going. Try it if you want to. But guess who won't be there? The RVK.
2: No, nah, I might be. Uh, I know you're trying to stop, but I might be there in the background with my camera. <laughs> I did see. I did see this ran thing. It said, it,
3: <laughs> it said the true believers that had them in the front. It had like people not as And then in the back, it said people, spectators watching to see what it's watching to see. These people get mowed down. It's funny.
2: When things happen like that, people come around like uh, I was in courthouse, Washington courthouse the other day and uh, building a restaurant called on fire. There was like cops and obviously firefighters. But outside that were a lot of spectators. People love an event. People love watching. Be careful. If you go to watch somebody, to record somebody, to have a laugh to YouTube, make sure you don't get got. Make sure you
3: don't get caught up in it. Yeah, you ain't got to worry about that with me. Like I said, I ain't got nothing to do with none of this. That mustard gas spreads far. <laughs> I'll watch the pepper spray, the mustard gas, the flying bullets, and whatever else may happen. Including the release of some vicious aliens possibly. Yeah. yeah well, what? <laughs> Everybody seems to think these aliens that are being kept, if there are aliens, are friendly, that they're E. T. Okay? They might be like Predator. Okay, so just be ready. Be you, ready you, for what you, lies you. behind. There's nothing good about this. Like every time I think about this, there's nothing good can come from. No, this. seriously,
2: what happens if you actually storm, you get an alien, he's like, Yeah, thanks, my Dude. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you don't know you don't know that's all i'm trying to say i just i just i don't know what people are thinking but i'm glad that they thought about it because my life is so much better when people come up with these ideas and pop culture is so much easier too and
2: by the way i'm not saying don't if you want to go look i'm i'm telling you don't try to put this on rvk go enjoy yourself yeah uh and i'll be back here just to witness and and enjoy myself look we all win
3: everybody wins Especially the RVK. Raspy Voice! The Raspy Voice kids are brought to you by Swill Dog Hard Cider. The finest hard cider in all of the world. Made right there in Franklin, West Virginia. They are encouraging you to get Swill Responsibly, of course. We also want to give a big shout, a big thank you to our partner and sponsor, Astor Auto of Charleston. The man with the plan is Mr. Jamie Spears. When you want to ride in elegance, luxury, and style, they're the ones to see. They'll treat you right, and you'll be driving better. Make sure you tell them that the RVK sent you.
1: Astorg Auto of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorgado of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at Virginia.
3: Welcome back to another RVK Golden Blue interview. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pitt, And I'm joined today by Mr. Jed Drenning, a 2005 Hall of Fame inductee for Glenville State College, and he's kind enough to join us today. Welcome to the show, Mr. Drenning.
0: Well, I sure appreciate it, Brandon. How are you guys doing?
3: Doing fantastic. We have wanted to have you on the show for a long time for a lot of reasons. One of the pinnacle, one of the... Prime reasons being that of all the people walking planet Earth, there probably is no one who knows as much about Mountaineer sports as Jed Drenning.
0: Well, there's a lot of folks out there that uh, that really invest their time in it. They do a good job following it. I appreciate you saying that because uh, there's a list of folks I have a lot of respect for that cover Mountaineer football. Uh, so to be included in that, I sure appreciate that.
3: Well, we have been following you, you know, for as long as I can remember. I've been a Mountaineer fan since the day I was born, like most people who grew up in West Virginia. I'm from Parkersburg. You're from Davis. Is that correct?
0: Yep. Davis, West Virginia and beautiful Tucker County, West Virginia. So you're an Ohio River guy, huh?
3: Yes, sir. I am. And my grandma told me she used to be able to walk across it, but uh, it wasn't that way when I was growing
0: up. (laughs) I got you. I got you.
3: Things change, but some things stay the same i um one of the things that's changed is you're no longer doing your magazine, which was a staple for me in my off season pre season preparation as a fan, but you've transitioned because it's not that you're no longer giving information out you now have the signal caller podcast correct
0: that's exactly right you know the the landscape is changing, and i it took me i'm I'm slow to change, but it took me some time but i I eventually had to change with it and uh, it reached a point where I would start the magazine in January and there was a lot of coordination involved with it. And, and then I would wrap things up and go to press sometime around Memorial Day weekend, usually shortly thereafter, and then put the magazine out in early to mid-June. So it was a, a five-month undertaking. Uh, but what's changed is in the print world, uh, you know, things aren't cheap uh, and they're not going to get any cheaper, right? So the overhead... Uh, was pretty intense, and it was getting worse each year. So you couple that with, with how much time it took to put something like that together. And then you would always run the risk. Anytime you have a print deadline, invariably and without fail, as soon as you go to press, well, you can rest assured something major is going to happen in the Big 12, you know. Uh, like the Bob Stoops retirement, you know those types of things always seem to play out right at about the time you're going to press or after you go to press. Well, if you're not going to press and you're not tied to a deadline like that, uh, you can be a lot more nimble. Uh, and it seemed that the direction everybody was going; uh, these podcasts have have caught on in just about every space. And I, I considered it for a long time, and and uh, there's a lot of good ones out there. And I thought, well, maybe that's the platform that would better suit what I have, okay? Because there's always some stuff I have uh, that I don't get to in the radio coverage, uh, whether it's in the off-season or even during the season. So I figured I need somewhere to park that, and I figured if I'm going to park it somewhere, why not park it in the form of a podcast with a brand that I already had established?
3: I love it. I love the concept. I love the, like you said, you're keeping up with the times. I always describe podcasts as basically just Netflix for radio. is what I is That's how I describe it. And it's and it's like, it, Yeah, and like when I when I listen to your podcast, I'm getting everything that I want or I need. Like a lot of people want to pit podcasts against one another and as you know and you mentioned you made a joke about it when you started yours um, that there are so many now, so many yeah. even just, that just cover WVU, but they don't all cover WVU in the same way. And I like That's right. the way I'm sorry.
0: No, no, no. You you're right. I think we all bring different things to the table. Uh I don't know that there's two alike, but but we now live in an in an on-demand world, whether it's how you consume your TV, how it you can how you consume your other media, uh and and I think that you're talking about Netflix. Well, in some respects podcasts are are just a radio show that you can listen to on your own terms, right? Exactly. Uh, so I, I think that's part of the appeal of it.
3: Yes. And the appeal of your podcast is if I want to know about Vic koning's defense, I'm listening to Jed Drennings, the signal caller podcast. And now I know about Vic koning's defense. And I used some of that information when we were doing ours. And I, I encouraged, um, the people who listen to our podcast to make sure they check out the signal caller podcast because it's chock full of facts and it's they're facts that are easy to, to digest. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is not a knock on Phil Steele. A lot of people will say what he publishes is the Bible on college football, but I struggle following all the the little abbreviations he has um, and just all the information he has. I don't struggle to follow your podcast, so it's it's a staple for me now. And, it, and like I said, well, I, something that I, appreciate, something that I that. appreciate and respect.
0: I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Phil Steele. Actually, Phil is a guy that, we'll have him on the IMG radio show at times. And he, he's a guy who uh, there's a lot of stuff crammed in there and you have to be kind of a 400 level researcher to appreciate some of what he puts in there. And I, I actually uh, grabbed one of his nuggets and attributed it to him uh, in the latest episode of my podcast. Uh, but but what I try and do is if you're going to take the time to listen to it, I want to take the time to put something together that's worth listening to uh, and Now, the off-season is going to be different than the end-season. That's, that's kind of still what I'm trying to to map out and envision. Uh, I mean, the time that I'm investing from a research standpoint, because I have that time at my disposal in the off-season, is going to be different than what plays out once these things start cooking in the regular season where you have a short turnaround, you already have game week, you got your other workload associated and attached to what you're doing with the radio broadcast. Uh, I, I'm going to plug something in. I just don't know what that's going to look like, but I promise you – it's not going to be an hourly podcast each week. I, I, I think what I'm going to do is some sort of compliment to the type of stuff that I like to talk about on the air at IMG. But this time of year, we're sitting here in the middle of June. Why not you know, take the research to another level and give Mountaineer fans as many things as I possibly can? Uh, and that's what I've tried to do. i try tried to do it with Vic. I try to do it with some of the stuff with Neil that I've talked about in past episodes. Now, what I did with this episode, uh, the latest one is episode six. It's kind of my version of a 2019 Big 12 preview. And I thought the timing's perfect for that. You got the Big 12 media poll was released last week. You got Big 12 media days this week. That's kind of the vibe. That's what's playing out right now. So I said, I used to do a pretty thorough or as thorough as I, a job I could in the magazine of uh, doing a deep dive into each Big 12 team. I said, well, I'm going to dust off that idea and maybe use this platform on the podcast to do a similar thing and introduce Mountaineer fans, not just to what West Virginia might look like this year, but let's take a deep dive into what each Big 12 team might look like, and that's what I did in Episode 6. And again, a lot of research involved in that as well, as much or maybe more research than what I did with Vic Koenig in Episode 5.
3: We're going to do the same kind of thing, but not – um, I'm sure it'll be different than the way you do it. We do a segment. I don't know if you've heard it every week for every team we play called why we hate. So why we hate Oklahoma, oh, State, why we hate Oklahoma. It's a bit tongue in cheek. Um, some of the other fans take it more seriously than others. Why we hate Tennessee is our all time, um, biggest YouTube video that we've ever had. Uh, so that's how we preview the big 12 typically. We throw some facts in there, and some information, but ours will be very different than yours. So I'm looking forward to hearing what to expect out of the 2019, two, uh, 2020, if you include the bowl season, uh, Big 12 football season.
0: Now, yeah, I, I uncovered a lot of good stuff that, I, that I'm even – I earmarked some stuff. A lot of the content I put in the podcast, but there's also some stuff that I kind of earmark because what I'll do – during the regular season, as we're prepping for each week's episode of the pregame and, and, and the in-game broadcast, uh, I put together a 30-, 40-, sometimes 50-page outline, and I draw from those notes that I create throughout the course of the week. And, and again, most of that content is stuff that I don't discuss on the air. So there's plenty of stuff that I can draw from that I don't really talk about on a broadcast. And, and I want to park maybe at least a little bit of that, uh, whether it's one thought or two into whatever version of the podcast I'll do during the season. That's my that's my vision anyway.
3: It's going to be awesome. I'm not there's no doubt about it. Like I said, this is Jed does not pay us. There's no reason for me to say this. But you got if you haven't checked out the Signal Caller podcast, you got to check it out. I listen to it on iTunes, but I'm sure it's available lots of other places. So if you get a chance, make sure you check it out. Um, and the other nice thing about the way podcasts work is you can binge them. So, like, I didn't get caught. I didn't get in until a third episode, and I just went back and listened to from the beginning on. So I'm all up to date. And you can be, too, if you want to listen to the Signal Caller podcast, which I implore you to do. Now, you, ha- you played at Glenville State, and yeah. you were the first quarterback to really thrive under that Rich Rodriguez system.
0: And yeah, which was, which was very different back then. Yeah.
3: Exactly what I wanted to talk about because you broke all those passing records, but Rich Rodriguez is not known um, to America for throwing the ball, to, um, you know, to your average football fan for throwing the football around. What was it like seeing that offense evolve?
0: Uh, well, I think back to then and what it was like, there weren't a lot of teams doing that. Uh, There weren't a lot of teams going spread in the early 90s. There certainly were even fewer teams going spread plus no huddle. Uh, Rich decided to incorporate both. He hired a guy by the name of Mike Springston. Uh, and Mike Springston was familiar with the old run-and-shoot concepts of Mouse Davis, and that's what that offense was initially based on. Uh, spread you out with ten personnel, four wides, no tight ends, one back, sometimes go with empty sets. Uh, really maximize the space on the field both vertically and horizontally. Uh, initially it was under center, but to be honest with you, uh, I wasn't a very good athlete. I always said I'm a quarterback, not an athlete. So you're going to be talking to Pat White. Well, Pat White's a different species than I am, all right? There's no yeah. doubt about that but, but uh, I wasn't even athletic enough to do a good job with the footwork under center because there were so many reads to be made by the second, third, and fourth steps before you kick back in the B-gap and attack things down, downhill. So we ended up back in the shotgun, and that was another wrinkle that Rich introduced. Put that offense in the shotgun, then we went tempo, so we were attacking at full speed. Now, one of the other teams that was doing that back in the early 90s was obviously Iowa Wesleyan. And you know the story there. Dana was the receiver there. Yeah. Al Mummy was the head coach. Mike Leach was his O line coach, able to put game plans together. So we were always chasing those guys. I I become friends with Dustin Dewald. Uh, I met him through Dana and Dana's family a couple years ago. And uh, Dustin was the quarterback at Iowa Wesleyan back in those days, he was the one guy in the national rankings that I could never catch. I'd go out, I might throw for four hundred fifty yards. He'd throw for five fifty. Uh, but he was doing a lot of the same (laughs) types of things except from the air raid side. So he was from the air raid side. I was kind of from the run and shoot side. And I always said what I was doing back then was almost like cheating because defenses had never seen it. So they didn't really have an answer for it. They thought that the answer was to put their 240-pound linebacker that was built to play downhill and attack isolation plays in the run game, they thought they could move that guy out in space and try and cover a shifty slot receiver like Chris George, a guy that ended his career with 430 catches. Well, that didn't work out so well for those defenses. But I look at how the game's changed, and all the time since then, it's become the defenses are so much more advanced in the ways they've developed to defend these spread offenses. I, I don't think I could play today. I mean, it really could one. you have to earn every yard you get against these defenses today, back then that wasn't the case. They didn't have an answer for it. So we got a lot of cheap yards just by catching people out of position because nobody else was doing the types of things we were doing. Now it made things difficult from a game-planning standpoint, when you're trying to watch tape and do cut-ups and get familiar with an opponent going into a game, really all you were left to do is watch the other team's third and long reel because that's really the only time other teams were going with four receivers. So you were limited in trying to forecast how that team might try and defend you. But, but again, most of the advantages were in our favor. It was a lot easier to run these offenses, I would imagine, back then when defenses hadn't seen it than it certainly is today
3: one of the most humble, most modest ways to describe the career of a guy who who held every record at Glenville State College for passing. So we appreciate that, but you, I think, are being a little bit modest about what you could and could not do.
0: You know, Rich found a way to get a lot of talent in there, Uh, (laughs) and, and he really did. I mean, he had guys that We had transfers from everywhere, and I was surrounded with an incredible wealth of talent. Uh, And we had great coaches on both sides of the football. Dean Hood was our defensive coordinator. He's now at the University of Kentucky. Uh, You know, Herb Hand was our offensive line coach that I coached with at Glenville. And Herb's now, of course, at Texas, right, with Tom Herman. Uh, So a a lot of really talented players and coaches went through that program uh, during that time, and and we were fortunate, and and I was a beneficiary of it. Uh, even when you talk about my offensive line, the receivers. I mean, I could go on about these guys, but but uh, we were surrounded by an amazing amount of talent. But that scheme was just a lot for those guys to try and deal with. And, and we had a lot of success with it as a result. We go into Division One schools, and, and they didn't have an answer for it because they hadn't seen it. So it was a fun time. So
3: we're going to transition. And speaking of transitions, you've seen transitions at WVU. What's this transition yeah. been like from Dana to Neil Brown?
0: Well, all things considered, I talk about this in, in this latest episode of the podcast. It's, it's probably the granddaddy of all transitions at West Virginia, because first you start with the obvious issue of how do you replace the personnel we lost? And, you know, the headlines are grabbed by Will and the receivers and Yodney and Trayvon. But that's before you even get into what we lost on the defensive side. I mean, David Long is a generational football player. They don't grow on trees. It's it's just it's almost impossible to replace a guy as talented as David Long. He wasn't the Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year by accident, right? Uh, You know, look at Drayvon. Drayvon's a guy sitting back there at safety, set a career record for starts at West Virginia. You talk about all those contributors we had along that defensive line uh, that were lost. I mean, those guys helped us pave the way. We 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 led the uh, Big Twelve last year in tackles for loss per game, in large part because of David, because of those D linemen. All that's gone on the defensive side. So you had that level uh, of talent that was moving out the door that you already had to replace. Now, couple that with the fact that you have a whole new staff, a whole new scheme on both sides of the football, especially on the defensive side. So a lot of transition, a lot of things to consider there. And normally you'd start with a quarterback, right? And one of the things I talk about in this episode of the podcast, I look at some of the times we've had to replace these elite quarterbacks like Will Greer, you know, whether it was hostile or whether it was major on down the line, I talk about what things look like and, and the results are kind of all over the board. Uh, but this year there's a whole lot more to replace than just Will Greer. And I've done a couple interviews in recent weeks on other outlets, uh, SiriusXM, ESPN Central Texas. Well, the thing all those guys want to talk about is how unforgiving our non-conference schedule is. Under any and all circumstances, it will be a lot to tackle playing JMU, who's a giant killer, going on the road to Missouri. A lot of people think Missouri could be 8 no going to the Georgia game, right? NC State, they've won 20 of their last 28 games. So that's what these guys all want to talk about. How do you overcome that? and deal with the transition of a new staff and replacing all that talent, it's a challenge. It's going to be a challenge for West Virginia, they're dead about
3: it. I agree, it's going to be a challenge, but the thing that I always tell my kids is worry about you, and hopefully that'll be the same uh, adage that they have at WVU, and that will then reflect on the field as to what we can accomplish, because there's a lot of talent on this team as well.
0: Um, There is, and and Neil will get the most out of it.
3: Yes, I believe that 100%. I believe that 100%. I'm, it's why I'm excited, even for a season that I don't expect to go undefeated or anything crazy like that. I'm excited just to see the process. I'm excited to, to, to watch the climb. And I think that the, the people who are listening to the show and the fans throughout Mountaineer Nation feel the same way. I know you got to go, so we're going to do rapid fire. I'm going to ask you a bunch of quick questions. You answer the question the best you can, and then we'll go on. You ready? I got you. Yep. Jordan or LeBron? Oh, Jordan. Major
0: or Pat? Oh, oh come on now. Major I can't rapid fire that.
3: Major or Pat?
0: I, I plead the fifth.
3: You're not incriminating yourself.
0: Uh, Yeah, I kind of am.
3: Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So does ketchup go on a hot dog?
0: Sure. Among other many, many other things, yeah. Best flavor of is pop a hot Tart. dog a sandwich. Is a hot dog a, a sandwich. I, I
3: say it's not.
0: I say it's not, too. Blueberry Pop-Tart.
3: Blueberry Pop-Tart's my second favorite. You're on the right track. Lion King or Toy Story?
0: Toy Story, uh, just in case my five-year-old's listening.
3: Okay, excellent choice. I'm Team Toy Story. My brother is Team Lion King. And the question we had on our pop culture last week, is it okay to pee in a swimming pool?
0: Is that a question? Is that a question? I didn't realize that was a question. I I mean, there's such a thing as decorum, right? I mean, you have the old urban legend about the chemical that was in the water that would make everything turn color around it. No, I don't think it's okay. I think it happens, I'm sure, but it's not okay.
3: Jed Drenning says it's not okay. Excellent. Very good. Thank you so much for joining us. Jed, you were fantastic. A wealth of knowledge, as always. Check out the Signal Caller podcast. Tell the people where they can find you, Jed.
0: Uh, you can find me at any of the platforms that you're typically searching your podcasts, whether it's iTunes, whether it's Podomatic. It's on all the major platforms now. One thing I would like to mention, making all this possible, Mountaineer World is my sponsor. So visit MountaineerWorld.com. They have a promo going on right now. If you enter Jed as the promo code as you check out, all the great gear on there is available. You'll save 15%. So visit my sponsor. Again, that's part of what makes this possible. So I appreciate you guys having me on and let me talk about that.
3: Well, thank you so much. We can't We can't wait to talk to you again and to listen to your podcast. Raspy Voice! The home of the Raspy Voice Kids official pepperoni roll. Pizza Place, the pizza place of Morgantown, West Virginia. Up there on the mile ground. Please go check out Mike and Luca as they hook you up with pies, sometimes heart-shaped pies. They do their very best, and it is the best pizza in the entire state. Bar none. The Raspberry Voice Kids approve and we indulge. Go check them out when you want some real flavor. We want to thank Shrinkables, a longtime partner, our first sponsor. They make the best bulldogs in the entire world. They're so cute, they're so cuddly, you can add them to your family. Shrinkables! And finally, the international traveler, quintessential businessman, Mr. Jim Ashley, a proud sponsor and partner of the Raspberry Voice Kids, also hailing from Parkersburg like your boys, the RVK. Please get at us. Welcome to another edition of an RVK Golden Blue interview. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J. N. Fiend Phoenix, and we are joined today by Mountaineer Legend. Now, we say that a lot. I say legend a lot. You do, you do. But this is Mount Rushmore of Mountaineer Nation, Chief... PW5, record holder, record breaker, ankle taker, Patrick White. Pat, thank you for joining the Raspberry Voice Kids today.
4: What's going on, Raspberry Voice Kids? I appreciate y'all having me on today.
3: Well, man, it's been a long time coming. You've been on our wish list. We know you're a very busy man, so we're grateful that you took some time and out of your day. And he was top five wish list.
2: He wasn't just in the top ten. He was top five. Top five, PW5,
3: you know it.
4: I I, I was kind of a little hurt because I thought (laughs) I was at least going to be number one on the list. I think I was like bottom, like number five, five and a half. I was like 5B or something.
3: You were five. At least I made it, right? You were five. It was not in any particular order. That's why I don't know why Jeremy (laughs) just said that. But, (laughs) (laughs) no,
2: it's like the NCAA tournament. When you make it, you make it.
4: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I had an opportunity to win, huh?
3: You in there, man. You in there. And you're winning. You're down at Alcorn State now, quarterback coach. How is that treating you?
4: Oh, man, it's the life. It is the life. Coaching football, coaching the game for a living, Um, get to watch young men and young women, um, hopefully not young women playing, but uh, on the staff, grow up and become men and women right in front of your eyes. It's, it's, amazing. it's amazing.
3: Is it crazy for you to think that it doesn't Does it feel like it was really that long ago that you were actually one of those young guys trying to make their way?
4: Well, as my players are challenging me, it does not that long ago but once I accept <laughs> the challenge and start trying to perform yeah I'm reminded
3: so what was it like going from being a Bama boy <laughs> to a mountain man
4: Um, hair raising because of the cold weather during the winter Um, <laughs> calves growing because of all the mountains I had to walk <laughs> uh,
3: law but, school hill but more,
4: oh yeah more than anything, it, it, I guess it's a second home.
2: No, we love it.
4: Virginia with, West Virginia accepted me with open arms, and um, I will always be grateful, myself as well as my family, for uh, the four and a half great years that they provided or allowed me.
2: Absolutely. We know your younger brother came after you. It a wonderful thing. How did you feel when you were a freshman? We know what you did in the Louisville game. I was there sitting in the crowd three overtimes. What an amazing time. But before that, you're in a battle with Adam Benarek. He gets the nod as a starting quarterback. How did that um, affect you, and what was your mindset going through it like as you were probably one of the first times in your life sitting on a bench watching somebody else perform before you got in? For
4: the first few games, um, I accepted it and I was like I'm young he has maybe not more game time experience than me but more experience um, in this offense by about game six I was thinking coach what's up man <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> like
2: uh, like I know you see it I know you talk? see it
4: yeah uh, coach, I'm gonna
2: give you everything I got for four quarters. Period. No, and, and you did, that. and you did that Louisville game. You come in, and how you were just prepared. Like I remember sitting in the stadium, and I, one of my friends from, he was a Buckeye fan. Him, his dad came in. and I went over to him at halftime. I said, "You ready for the greatest comeback to ever happen?" Did I really believe it? Be honest with you, no. But it sounded good for me for me to tell him. And lo and behold, hey. that's right. We got Pat White comes in, in the second half and blows up.
4: You put it in the air. Once you put it in the air, it has to happen.
3: You know, sp- spoke it into existence, brother.
4: There you, there you go. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, Steve made my life pretty easy. I don't even think I sweat that game. I kind of just hand the ball off to
3: Steve and watched him run. He tore it up. What was it, 188 and six touchdowns?
4: It was a lot of tugs.
3: I know um, one thing I, that I want to say, we, when Jeremy was talking about the Adam Benaric thing, I worked at Ruby. I worked at Ruby. I had gotten out of college, and I worked at Ruby. I had season tickets. We sat in Section 102. And... Uh, I remember seeing somebody – one of the players had gotten hurt and was in the hospital, Jamal Jamala Day was one of the guys – Jamala Day was one of the guys who came in to see him. And so I asked him – I asked him about the QB battle. I was like, who should start? And he said, without question, Adam Bednarik. <laughs> so when he came back on the staff, they had a little thing at Kegler's to introduce the coaching staff, uh, and it was for signing day. And I reminded him of that moment. Me and I had a good little laugh about it, man. Uh, it's really cool to see how things worked out. Unfortunately, the injuries were been but it's cool to see how perseverance paid off for you in your life and career.
4: So that's why Jamal always gave me the side
3: eye? That must be. That it, must be. He it, felt it, guilty.
4: It makes, it makes sense now.
3: No. You need, to, you need to remind him when you see him.
4: I will.
2: look man you had so many great moments at a Mountaineer Um, you know all these bowl games all these big time bowl games what was your best moment as a Mountaineer you sit back the the moment that just makes you smile the the moment makes you feel like like when you reminisce and you talk to your grandchildren you're going to tell them about that one moment as being a a part of the Mountaineers um I've had this question
4: asked a million times and I I think it probably changes every time because there were so many great memories. But for this special occasion, I'm going to go with that time I walked across the stage as a graduate, and President uh, McGraw was swinging that uh, white towel around. And I knew that um, all that pressure was no longer on me anymore. It was somebody else turn to take hold of the reins of Mountaineer football
3: no absolutely we get it that that is a great moment that's a that's a fantastic moment that's what it's really all about and a lot of uh student athletes don't see it that way but you got your degree on top of all the glory that you got on the gridiron i do have a question look don't
2: hate on me i'll look i'm just being real rvk keeps it real some there's a couple moments that stick out to me one of them is i kept driving down to south florida to watch y'all play uh usf What was it about them, them uh, Bulls, the South Florida, the South Florida Bulls, that made it so difficult for us to match up with them? I feel like every time I watch them, like I don't know, it's like a little pain in my side. To this day, when I see South Florida, I
3: get angry. Now I'll say this before you answer: I was there in two thousand five when we won, so maybe that was the problem. You were going, and Uh, I uh, was. Maybe, maybe that was it. I don't know. You
4: should have stayed. You should have stayed in West Virginia. Virginia. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> we drove down five deep in a five-riding car all the way down to
4: Florida to support. And you well, going to come at me like you that,
3: know.
4: Pat? Yes, uh, y'all that
3: yeah, don't worry about Matt yeah. Grothy. Don't worry about George Selvy <laughs> Don't worry about any of that other stuff. Focus on the fan who
4: let, came okay. who shouldn't have been there.
3: Let me just say, in my
1: life. I
3: mean, go ahead,
4: Pat. No, I was gonna say they had what? Two first rounders
3: in the secondary, two ten year NFL players on the defensive line. I mean, Yeah, the they did. That I mean, I tried to tell him before he
2: asked the question, but he wanted to ask it. And by the way, they were real G's too outside. We won we lost the game. And I was walking out to my car and them dudes was like surrounding me, talking like that's the only game in my life that I've been happy that we've lost after <laughs> what would have happened if we'd have won. Like, don't get me wrong, I ain't no punk. But them them dudes is real. You sound like like a punk to me. I'm just be honest.
3: Be honest. You probably
4: had to walk around with a a stake on your ass.
3: Yep. The next question (laughs) I got for you. So we know we know you ended up in Morgantown, out of Daphne, Alabama. Um, But there's you made a statement one time, and I don't know if you were just tongue in cheek or if you meant it that you were offered an expensive car to go play in the SEC. Is that true? Hmm.
4: I got some facts <laughs> to that shit. I mean, why would I make up some? What What was I gonna accomplish by making up a story like such?
3: All those years later. No, I I, it's, I just wanted to rehash it a little bit. It's interesting though because people don't seem to understand how college sports <laughs> works, uh, and when they do get well, a glimpse that, of.
4: Let's not put it on college sports. The fact of the matter is there are a lot of dealerships across the United States who have alumni, boosters, people who want to be associated with these universities. They own how many different businesses? These universities can't control all these private businesses. So if a private business has a good relationship with the university or coach, et cetera, et cetera, and they want to sway somebody some way, uh, you know.
2: How often uh, do you think that happens?
4: Uh, it's a business. Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's a college football is an extension of, I mean, the rest of society. It's the subsector. So whatever's happening in the business world with the Fortune 500s is happening in the business world with the
2: universities and colleges. So how do you get keep your kids down there in the college? How do you keep them on the straight and narrow? Like, do you, do you have a meeting before, you know, when they first come in, you sit down with the whole team, you talk to them individually. How do you keep them, you know, where they need to be?
4: It's a process um, because they need to fail to learn. So um, it varies depending on the kids. You have a million different personalities. Some kids will come and talk to you to head off any issues. Some kids will, or I shouldn't call them kids, some young men will come to you after the issue has already begun. Um, Some kids will wait till it's too late and, by the time you find out, there's nothing you can do about it. So uh, you just have to try to give the best advice. Uh, talk from experience. If you've had that experience, and keep it real with them because they can see through the, the BS.
3: No, that's a fact, and I appreciate your perspective on that. And they've got to respect that too because you're not coming at them as, like as an analyst. You're coming at them as a guy who played, who played at the highest level. So anything that you say is something that they can trust and respect. Um, and even people listening to this, because we have a lot of kids in high school that listen, a lot of kids in college who listen to the show. It's a good example for them to learn from, um, from your perspective. Um, I wanted, we wanted to ask too. Now we don't talk about the game. You know what game we don't talk about? We don't. But there's this conspiracy theory that goes around that goes through me as a Mountaineer um, fan. Yeah. And as a lot, a you person of.
4: You you kinda say? do talk about it with your handle though. You you give them so much You Talk about with, with
3: that. Head head oh yeah. No, listen. <laughs> we yeah. That's about. That's about everything else.
2: Damn, about the university. That's about the university.
3: Okay, I just, right. I just. We hear people say, Pat. We hear people say, that Rich Rod threw that game. Is there any truth to that?
4: To my knowledge, no. I'm not talking about your knowledge. uh, How
2: do you feel? Do you feel like you threw that game deep down?
4: Well, how about this? Coach Rod is speaking at the Mississippi Coaches Association event happening in Jackson, Mississippi tomorrow. I'm going to go sit in the front row and listen to him speak, and I'm going to look him in the eye. And if he has any funny look, he probably threw the game.
2: <laughs> I, was all, I was all locked in I was all locked in I was like okay
3: okay alright
2: <laughs>
3: no that's all I needed to your knowledge to your knowledge no you were in the game you were in the locker room you were in all the meetings pre-game post-game, all that stuff so you would know um, so that's they that's they
4: can't play the game right
3: yeah no I agree
4: football it's regardless of what people
2: say and want you to think i mean the x's and o's have been for the most part the same since the inception it's the jimmies and joes that make the difference amen word up hey hey pat man i love this man i love love the real talk you got me on that last i was i was so locked in for those listening
3: this is pat white legendary pat white joining the Raspberry voice kids another golden blue interview retire five retire five one hundred percent Hey, look, Pat,
2: Who, uh, when you came to visit West Virginia, who was your host for, the, for, that, uh, for that tour?
4: <laughs> Charles Hale.
2: Charles, Charles Hale. Wow. Charles Hale, 14. <laughs> Number 14. I remember that.
4: My guy left me in the Daggum club.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Why do I keep hearing stories I about this? I keep hearing stories about recruits getting left places. We heard it in basketball. We've heard it in football. That's funny. That's crazy to me. And you still came.
4: Well, because of my man, K.J. Harris. He took care of me. K.J. Like, did. Come on, I got you. Yeah. Big K.J., man. Out, Charles was like, oh, hell no. Nah. This my competition? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <that's lovely>. So it's <laughs> real talk. And And, and um. Like my
1: man
3: Ali,
2: he looked at me. And he knew I was prettier than him, so he was like, uh-uh. <laughs> "Old Charles Hales, man. man, this kind of thing happens all the time. You got to get
3: yours, but yo, I got to get mine. I got now. You got. I got oh, some yeah. questions. I got. A, I got some questions. I got to ask you off the air. So don't hang up when we." <laughs> <laughs> All right, hit him, hit him with the five. Let's, All right, let's finish this
2: out. Let's, let's finish this We're going to let you go. No, 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 real quick. Before we get to the five, we asked this to Steve Slayton, and we need to ask you, who was faster? One-on-one, foot race between you and him, one to 40. Who wins?
4: We raced twice in the six. First time, he beat me. Second time, I beat him. Now, Steve.
3: Listen, he better stay in the kitchen, period. He better stay in the oh, kitchen.
4: Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I think Steve. That's a nice I name. think
3: Steve. I think Steve prefers to be in the kitchen now. Yeah, I think. I think he's saying, so, and yeah. Steve gets soggy. That's my word Steve, for it. Soggy, Steve, a little soggy. All right, here we go. Here's a five. Here we go. Does ketchup go on a hot dog? Yes. Jordan or LeBron. Jordan. Lion I love King. LeBron. Though, I mean,
4: dang,
3: why y'all do that to me? But you pick Jordan.
4: I mean, I mean, I
3: picked
4: major. Okay, but I love <laughs> me, you know. We got it. it. We got
3: it. He picked Jordan, but
2: he loves LeBron. But I also want to know LeBron or Kobe. Like I now, I want to know LeBron or Kobe.
3: Bron. Bron. Okay. Me too. All right, Lion King or Toy Story? The
4: King. Africa.
3: Best Pop (laughs) Pop Tart. Oh, I don't eat them. Never? We had grits and eggs. We had grits and eggs in the
4: morning.
3: You You put shrimp in the grits? It depends. Special occasion. Maybe
4: like
3: on a Sunday. Got you.
4: But, uh, right. Yeah, um, my mom was waking us up with some hot breakfast, we wasn't eating that, uh, pop that sh- in the, the
3: toaster. Nah, <laughs> <bro>. mom <Mama laughs> wasn't getting down like that. I got you. All right, best fast food French fry. Ooh. best fast
4: food. Them, the old school Arby's when they
3: uh, oh, okay. curly fries.
4: French- not them, yeah, when them curly fries were crispy, not them soggy
3: joints they put out now. <laughs> real stuff. All right, we got the last one. This is one of the newest ones that Ooh, we've been asking. let me take that back. Checkers. 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 Some old school checkers. All right, oh, good wow. call. That from the south, checkers.
2: He said checkers. All right, and the question, like, we've been asking everybody, and this is real talk. Don't try to escape it. Be for real. Noah Div- Devine answered it straight up.
3: Jed Drenning took a second, but he answered it too. Do you do you pee in swimming pools? If
4: I got to pee real bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's a yes,
2: Your That's Honor. That's the right answer. That's a yes, That's Your right Honor. Answer. Keep it
3: real. Pat, we cannot Pat thank Weezy you enough. Pat Weezy in the building. Cannot thank you enough for joining us. We know, again, that you're super busy. You're getting asked to do this kind of stuff all the time. Thank you for giving us a portion of your time, taking time from your family. Can I
2: get a bonus question? Last question, real quick. I'm what, sorry, I don't cut Real quick. All right, Pat. I want to know. You're an artist. You're putting out a new hot track. You can have one person day, uh, also come on your collabo with you. Who are you gonna have collabo with you on your on your CD? Or, I mean, on your song.
3: Ho, ho, rock. All
2: right, there it's it a is.
3: He threw up the rock. It was quick. It was quick. All right. All right. So, but everything stands. We thank you. It happened. We knew it would. We're going to make this a YouTube video on top of being on the podcast. Patrick White, we thank you so much.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.
4: Plus.